Hello, and welcome to Weddings Unveiled, the podcast for your wedding planning process. I'm your host, Leah Longbreak. We know how exciting and stressful planning the big day can be, and we're here to help, providing you with information and advice from industry insiders and those with firsthand experience. Are you more the alternative type of couple looking to make the day uniquely you? Well, on today's episode, we have one of the raddest women in the world, Kat Williams. She's the woman behind Rock and Roll Bride Magazine and the Confidence Club podcast, and she'll share her advice on how you can have the non-traditional wedding of your dreams. Kat, thank you so much for being with us today. I want to first off say happy anniversary because it's 13 (laughs) years now for Rock and Roll Bride Magazine. I feel incredibly old. (laughs) (laughs) well you probably started it when you were like 18 right I was 24 so yeah so you're young wish I was then (laughs) (laughs) well what made you decide to start rock and roll bride magazine so I started it as a blog in 2007 and it was just so if you cast your mind back to 2007 like this was before Instagram and Pinterest and there was Facebook, but it wasn't really the same as what it is now. Yeah. So there wasn't really anywhere online to sort of connect with people in the same way that it is today. So I was using forums. Like there was one that I used that was um, done through another wedding magazine. They had a forum on their own website where you could connect with other brides and grooms. And I was on there like sharing my wedding plans and all that stuff. And then I started seeing people talking about blogs and saying, you know, I'm going to start a blog. And I was like, oh, what's a blog? And uh, it's this <laughs> new cool thing in 2007. And I was like, well, that sounds fun. So I started my own. And it was just a, like a free blogspot.co.uk blog that I set up. And it was just like a website where I just shared ideas for our wedding. And then when we got married, I sort of kept sharing stuff about our wedding. And then I would find other people's weddings on the forum or Flickr or, you know, Google and just republish stuff. And that's kind of how it started. It just started as like a fun, I want to talk about my wedding and then other people's weddings. And it kind of naturally morphed into me talking more about alternative weddings, because although looking back, our wedding was not that alternative compared to like the weddings we feature now, we didn't have Rock and Roll Bride to guide us. So everything (laughs) was actually quite traditional when I look at it now. But the fact that I had black bridesmaid dresses was like a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, you know, very different. So yeah, it started to sort of morph into talking about alternative weddings, because that was the stuff that I was drawn to. And then I sort of stumbled across this niche that no one else was really doing obviously there was no magazines about it but there wasn't really any websites either Um, and it just sort of gained traction that way because it was offering something different so that's kind of how it started and then we launched the print magazine in 2015 so we went sort of the opposite way that most people are going these days we started (laughs) online and then went into print so when you were part of these forums and community, what did you learn the most from other brides and couples when they were planning as well? Oh, I don't think I've ever been asked that question before. I just knew nothing about weddings or how to plan a wedding or, you know, what you had to have in a wedding. So yeah. I guess connecting with other women mostly that were doing the same thing, it just helped sort of solidify my ideas and like, you know, I could get instant feedback on something, whether people thought it was a good idea or it would work or it wouldn't work. And I really liked that I could ask a question like, do we have to have, I don't know, matching bridesmaid dresses? And people would be like, no, do whatever you want. And it sort of gave me that validation. And I see that now we have a Facebook group that people use. And I see that a lot still today. And it's really nice that people can have that connection online. And it's so crazy to think just 13 years ago, 
you had to have matching bridesmaids dresses, basically. Mm -hmm. It was like the norm. And now it's kind of flip-flopped. Yeah. So we started Rock and Roll Bride for like the outsiders, for like the people that want to do things differently. And now I almost think we encompass more than the traditional wedding area does. And I think the amazing thing about the weddings we publish is they're so diverse. So we Mm -hmm. have, you know, gothic weddings and boho weddings and budget weddings and huge extravagant weddings. And it's like, if you don't fit into this very particular mold of what the traditional bridal industry says you should do, then come to us. And it's like the opposite of what I thought it would be, really. But it's cool. (laughs) Yeah, I love the diversity and inclusion that you have with the magazine. You see people of all ages, ethnicities. I love the a recent couple I saw, the bride was in a wheelchair and she had mm-hmm. this really badass just married painted on the back. Like yeah, I, so cool. I love that you focus and showcase things like that because it really helps brides and couples that aren't really seeing that as mm-hmm. quote unquote the norm in other traditional magazines and websites. Yeah. I think, you know, 2020 has encouraged a lot of other bridal publications to want to be more inclusive, Mm -hmm. which is great. But yeah, it's something we've been doing for a really long time. We featured, you know, a trans model on our cover last year. We had a couple on the cover, like issue 12. So I can't even do the maths of where that was. We're now (laughs) on 35, which was, I think one of them was trans. And we never make a big deal of it. Like, it's not just like, oh, we're ticking a box. It's like, it's always been like that. It's always been about including everybody. And, oh, someone happens to be in a wheelchair. Awesome. They've done it in their own badass way. And that's why we're publishing it. Not because it's, oh, she's in a wheelchair. We need to like, make sure we're being very 2020 about it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only way I can really say it. No, it's on point. offending everybody that's listening. (laughs) No, it's totally on point though. You're not doing it to, like you said, check a box. You're doing it because it is what it is. Like this, this is life and love is love. Yeah. And I feel like even though I married a man and I'm white, you know, I understand my privilege, but I know that 13 years ago when I was looking for wedding stuff, I felt like such an outsider and I never wanted that for anyone reading our publication. So even though I know my privilege is a lot different to other people, it was still something really important to me to make sure that everyone that bought our magazine or saw our content felt like they were, could be part of it. Same with plus size couples, like You know, I once met another wedding magazine editor. The magazine is no longer in publication. I'm sure she's not even working in weddings anymore, so she probably won't hear this. (laughs) But she said to me once that they would never put a fat person on the cover because it would never sell. And I was like, fucking hell. Right? Yeah. So I was like, fuck that. I'm going to do the opposite. Everyone's welcome. This is why I hurt you. Um, So, and that kind of confidence we're going to get into in a few, because I want to talk about your Confidence Club podcast. Mm -hmm. But before we get to that, for the couples listening that are wanting a unique wedding that's more them, they want to buck what's considered quote unquote tradition. What are some things that they should consider doing and looking at to make it theirs? I think I would say like, just look at, how you live your life on an everyday basis. Like, what are your likes and dislikes? What gets you excited? What are you passionate about? Because weddings to some, especially this year when there's so much craziness going on, weddings can feel quite trivial and like, oh, it doesn't really matter. But actually, a wedding is like a really important moment in everybody's life. It's like a pivotal moment for a lot of people. I know it was for me when we got engaged. That was really the time that I started to like 
not love myself more in a way that like getting married fixed me, but it was a pivotal moment. And it made me like think about my body image and where I wanted my life to be. And it was just such a big change. Like, oh, I'm now getting engaged. I'm going to be married. It's like a huge life decision. So I think it is a very important day for people. And not that, you know, you have to care about favors and colors of bridesmaid dresses, but like, it's an important part of your life cycle. And I think bringing who you are into important moments in our life is a really nice thing to do. Um, So I would say just look at the things that you're really passionate about, the causes you support, the things you love in your everyday life and see how you can weave that into your day because then it will feel like you and then it will feel authentic and then it will be the best day ever. Like if you met at a coffee shop or, you know, drinks at a certain place, have that be the favor or the card that you pick up to find out what your table is going to be or... My husband and I, like, we have our spots around Mm -hmm. Cleveland. So each table was named after one of our spots with a picture corresponding from us there. Right. And that's something that looking back on our wedding now, I wish we'd done more of. But again, it was something I didn't see modeled to me by anybody else, by any other wedding publications. So I didn't really think about that. But it would have been lovely to, like, incorporate more of our story and our journey into the day, I think. Now, there's trends in traditional weddings, but there's, I find there'd be some trends also in like the unique non-traditional. So of course, can you tell us what some of those are going into 2021? Well, it's hard to say right now because who knows what's happening with weddings. <laughs> I don't know what it's like in Cleveland, but in the UK, in England, we can only have weddings for 15 people right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, the trend is a micro wedding because that's all you can have. Yeah, um, And we yeah. don't really know like what's going to happen. Like they've currently said it might be like this till March. So who knows? I can say that probably next year, I would imagine weddings will stay small. I think COVID and everything that's been going on has made people think about what really matters. And, you know, a lot of people have just been like, fuck it, let's just get married. Let's just elope and do a party next year. You know, trends in weddings tend to move quite slowly because people are planning for a long time. So people that are planning now to get married next summer will still be influenced by the weddings they're seeing happening right now. So I think the small wedding will continue into 2021. Aesthetically, the painted leather jackets are still very popular. Short dresses are still pretty popular. Adding colour to dresses is still very popular. Smoke bombs just seem to not want to go away. I love smoke bombs. (laughs) It looks so pretty though. (laughs) Oh God, I did a shoot in 2012 with smoke bombs and I'd never seen it before. And now I'm just like, I see one more fucking smoke bomb photo. <laughs> They're cool. I get it. I get it. But, but it's, it's just a lot. like overdone. It's a lot. It's like, can we think of something else, people? But, you know, it looks cool. So I understand why people love it. But yeah, those are the probably the big things. Flower crowns sort of came and went. I feel like they're coming back again. So yeah, little things. I've seen on your website too, like the Burning Man mm-hmm. theme and influence too. Like the Vegas desert. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure with Lily Allen's recent wedding, too, you'll probably see some more of like the Vegas short dress. Yeah. I mean, that's not so much a trend in the UK because we have a lack of desert. But <laughs> for the international <laughs> weddings we feature, definitely, yes. <laughs> What's huge in the UK right now? Besides the micro wedding, obviously, but... I don't even know. All I can think about is small weddings. That's all we've been talking yeah. about for the last nine months. Uh, are you seeing really a lot of Zoom weddings too? Like people doing the online weddings? I saw a bunch of them. 
at the beginning of lockdown. So people that maybe were getting married this summer or spring summer, and they wanted to just do it then and there, they did the Zoom thing. In the UK, the laws are slightly different. You can't legally be married by someone that isn't like an official person. So you can't just like get married by a friend over Zoom and then be married. It doesn't work that way. You have to go to the registry office and do it in the legal way. Um, (laughs) So I haven't seen that as much being legal, but I have seen people doing it like for fun or like to say that this is our day, even though it's not really our day. Now, if you are a 2020 bride and you did not get to have your wedding, Kat has some pretty sweet merchandise on her website. (laughs) All I got was this lousy bag. I I just got this t-shirt or like, what does it say? Can I tell you a story about this? So please, me and my husband, it must've been early March. So just when everything was kicking off, me and my husband were lying in the garden, just like talking about stuff. And Gareth, my husband turned to me and said, wouldn't it be so funny if there was a t-shirt that said, I planned a 2020 wedding and all I got was this lousy shirt. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, that is so funny. I was like, yes, we need to do that. So we have a few t-shirts on our website anyway. So I was, I made it. And I, I literally went onto Photoshop, used a really simple font, made it in about five minutes, uploaded it, shared it on social media. And, you know, couples just loved it. But there was a lot of people in the wedding industry that got really pissed off with me. Like they thought really? it was re- they were really offended. They were like, I can't believe you're making light of this. It's a really difficult time for everybody. And I was like, oh, my God. All the more reason to make light because there's so much darkness. Can we please just realize that comedy is still a thing? And just because people have had to cancel their wedding doesn't mean we can't laugh about it. Like, if we don't laugh, we'll cry. Right. And actually, that shirt and tote bag has sold way better than any of the other T-shirts we've ever done. And I made it in about three minutes. So, yeah. That's awesome. I love it. I don't see what's so negative about that. That's so great. It's funny. It's funny. The other merch you have on the website, you have such a kick-ass collection of veils and headpieces. I am proud to say I am a rock and roll bride. I have, (laughs) I wore the star circle veil for my wedding and also in the photos for this podcast. Mm -hmm. What made you decide to go into the headpiece route? And it's a collaboration, all of them with Crown and Glory or just some of them? All of them. So Sophie and I have been friends for a really long time. Sophie's the girl behind Crown and Glory. So we met because I was doing a workshop and she attended the workshop and I really liked her stuff and we kind of hit it off. And she just said to me like, hey, do you want to do a collection together? And I was like, yeah, why not? So we started by doing flower crowns and just like headpieces because that was what was really popular. I think it was probably 2013 we did the first select collection. We did a few different like headpiece collections and then we were like, duh, we should do veils because, you know, your audience is brides. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a really obvious idea. Um, <laughs> so we collaborated on some veils. Obviously, they were really popular and we've done four collections now together. It's really fun because Sophia is now one of my very best friends. So it's like the easiest collaboration I do. It's easy and fun. And yeah, we took a year off. Um, we didn't do a new collection this year just because number one, 2020 has been crazy. And number two, she had a baby. So I was, I was like, say, I thought right. I saw she had a child. Yeah. Yeah. You can have a year off. So coming <laughs> up with new concepts, but we'll release some new designs early next year. So I have to talk about these veils though, because I was dead set. On, I need stars on my veil. Cause I signed mm-hmm. my name with a star. Like stars is a big thing for me. And you were a godson because you're mm-hmm. the only place I can find not just the, the veil I got, but you have a few different star options. Mm. So if you're looking for stars, if you want heart trim, if you have the really cute, like colorful ball trim, you have probably my favorite one besides mine is the one that says hell yeah on the back and you can have it <laughs> customized. Yeah. And then you have this beautiful garden veil 
Mm-hmm. And I've seen it featured in a few different places. Like, yeah. that is that one of your bigger sellers? Because it's it gorgeous. Is. Yeah, so I think that one we released two and a half years ago. And it was really, really popular. And it's still really popular. I have seen a lot of people rip it off since. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for us, it's still one of our best sellers, even though it's like quite an old design now. So that's obviously testament to how popular it was. Our most popular one is like a dip dyed one that has stars on the bottom, the Nebula Veil, because you can have it dip dyed in any color you like. So people like to, you know, match it to their shoes or their color scheme or their bridesmaid dresses or whatever. I considered getting that one, honestly, but I had a high-low dress and Mm. I saw it was like a longer veil. So I wasn't sure how, you know, I guess you can really just play with it and pull it off. And that's the whole point. It's unique to you, do you, and how you want it. Yeah, we do. Is we could have done a custom one in short, but you're already married now, so it's too late. <laughs> but we could have done a short one. Well, we could one, do a yeah. vow renewal in three years. Perfect. <laughs> so, perfect. <laughs> I'm always looking for an excuse to have another wedding outfit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so aside from the veils, you also offer different clips. And like you said, the flower crowns. Are there more customizable pieces that brides listening could hit you and Sophie up and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for? Is it possible? Yeah, so pretty much anything in the collection can be customized. So most things can be dyed. If there's a product made of a certain colored glitter, we can probably source a different color for you. We do some with ostrich feathers that come in like a million different colors. So we obviously only list a few of them on the website, but if you've got a really specific color, we can match it normally. But Sophie is incredibly talented and incredibly creative. So we have had people come to us say like, I've got an idea that I want this and this and this, and maybe you could do something like this. And she can make something completely custom depending on what your ideas are. So yeah, just hit Sophie up. She's the best. She can hook you up with whatever you need. (laughs) Very cool. So with your store, I had gone to buy your rock and roll bride book to add to my wedding book collection Mm -hmm. and it's sold out. Is there going to be a second edition or more copies available for us? We actually got some more stock in this morning, so it should be back up now. (laughs) Yay! That's exciting. So tell us about the book. I wrote it in 2018. It came out January 2019. It's basically like everything I know about planning an alternative wedding from the ground up. So it's a perfect gift for someone that's just engaged because it covers everything from setting your budget to choosing your bridal party to dealing with family politics and everything I know. Um, So obviously (laughs) it's great having a blog and a magazine that I put content out all the time. But the book is more of like an all-encompassing like idiot's guide to planning a wedding. I love it. It's awesome. I I can't wait to get my hands on the copy. (laughs) So uh, we mentioned earlier your podcast, The Confidence Club. What made you decide to to start this? I mean, you have such an inspirational Instagram already. By the way, you have a jacket that you're wearing in a recent picture that says later haters and I (laughs) want it. (laughs) Um, So what, what made you decide to go to this influential positivity route with the podcast and your Instagram? So as I mentioned earlier, when I um, when we got engaged and when I got married was when I sort of started to like really grow in my self-love journey. So I had an eating disorder for most of my teens and early 20s. I had clinical depression. It was like big old shit show. So since I then got married and started writing about weddings, I was in that space where I was quite vulnerable to feeling like I didn't match up and feeling like I had to lose weight for my wedding and stuff. So it was always something that was in the back of my mind when putting out wedding content that I wanted to make sure it made people feel good and feel like they can be themselves on their wedding day and not have to change who they are. So I've always published content with that motivational, self-loving slant anyway, but always from a wedding point of view. 
A couple of years ago, I, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time now. So there's only so much I can talk about weddings. Like I love talking about <laughs> weddings, but I'm interested in other things as well. And I split my Instagram into having my personal account, which is the one you're just saying about, and then also one that's just for weddings. So with my personal account, I wanted to talk more about my life and yeah, my self-love journey, nothing to do with wedding content. And it kind of naturally progressed into me talking about body positivity and confidence and loving yourself. So yeah, I started putting together like a course, like an online course that people could do about confidence because I got so many questions and so much feedback about that. And we launched that last year and I'm doing another one at the moment. And the podcast came about because um, there was a pandemic and I was bored and I was like, what can I do? Well, I guess I'll start a podcast. <laughs> I think that's a lot of people did that this year. <laughs> so... Yeah. <laughs> no, it, the podcast is great. I'm a subscriber and you cover everything from anxiety to sex and self-pleasure. That was a great mm. episode with Natalie. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, like it's more than just weddings, but I think this could help brides listening too because mm -hmm. they're dealing with stress. They might be dealing right. with a loss of someone during planning. Yeah. It's nice to incorporate the two and have both. It's funny because like I would always get a lot of feedback and comments on stuff to do with body image and anxiety and stuff. But when I really looked at it, what it came down to was confidence. That was the underlying issue that I saw through everything, which is why I came up with the name The Confidence Club. Because when someone's messaging me saying, oh, I don't feel good in jeans or how do I look good in photos or, you know, I feel really nervous to talk to my friends about this situation. Like it all comes down to confidence. That's the core of it all. So that's like the hook that I latched onto. Tell us about the love letters. The love letters is just my newsletter. So it's just, I just branded it as love letters for me to make people sign up for it. <laughs> I love it though. It's so clever. Yes. Yeah, so. It sounds so personalized though, by saying it like that. Oh, well, thanks. It's all in the, uh, the branding there. <laughs> it is a love letter. <laughs> Through my newsletter. <laughs> so what else can we look forward to from you in Rock and Roll Bride magazine coming into the 2021 new year? So we just did a shoot that's going to come out in November at the Natural History Museum in London, which was obviously like a bit of a pinch me moment because it's probably one of the most iconic buildings in the whole of the UK. So being able to shoot there was mind blowing. We had the whole place to ourselves and it was like ridiculous. So that's coming out in November. We've got a bunch of other shoots and stuff coming up for the magazine in the new year, but I don't really know. There's nothing I can really talk about yet. I have some things that are like bubbling away, but I'm not <laughs> ready to announce them yet. But there will be some things happening next year, which are pretty exciting. Is there anything else you think that couples should know when it comes to planning their unique, non-traditional kick-ass day? You know, it sounds a bit cheesy and cliche, but... You know, be authentic to you, choose things that make you feel happy, don't go into debt if at all possible, and just remember that it's a really important day and it's a lovely day, but it's not the only day, and it doesn't have to be the pinnacle of your entire existence. It's great to have a really personal, fun wedding, but at the end of the day, if you're married at the end of it, that's the most important thing. Is there a secret to dealing with family politics if you have a very traditional family and you're polar opposite? <laughs> I mean, it's difficult, especially if they're financially contributing. I feel like compromise is key here, really. And I think that's a tale as old as time. It's like, I think a lot of people need to realize that your parents have probably been dreaming about this day since the moment you were born. So the fact that they might have 
input on how it plays out isn't beyond the realms of possibility. And I think it's okay to compromise on some things just to keep your parents happy, but at the same time, don't be a complete pushover. Like it's a balancing act, of course, but it's just communication and like giving and taking and trying to keep everyone happy. You can never keep everybody happy, but hopefully if you can like incorporate a few things to keep your mum happy, that's always a nice thing to do, I think. (laughs) How can we get more info on you in Rock and Roll Bride magazine? You can find me everywhere by searching Rock and Roll Bride. I'm just rock and roll as in rock and roll (laughs) on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, even though I don't really use it, and Facebook, and then just rockandrollbright.com is the website. Oh, and the Confidence Club is just the Confidence Club on Spotify or iTunes. And definitely subscribe to the podcast and magazine. Oh, yes, please do. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Kat, for being with us today. It's been an honor to have you on here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Weddings Unveiled. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you have a second, please rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to executive producers David Moss and Gerardo Orlando, production director Bridget Coyne, and audio engineers Sean Rule Hoffman and Declan Roars. Don't forget to enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey.